I'm your host, Nicole, and I'm joined by, of course, my producer, Caffrey. Caffrey is my dog, if you listen to my previous podcast, which if you have not, you should really go back and do that. Just saying. So today, we are going to be talking about opportunities and how not every opportunity is your opportunity. But first, let's do a little about section. Movies. I especially like Christmas romance movies, which is weird because I'm not really romantic, but I just like them. However, I'm a little disgusted by the ones that I've been watching on Netflix lately because there have been four of them. Yes, I've been watching a lot of Netflix. And I watched four different Christmas movies over the course of a week or so. And three out of four of those ended with an engagement by people who have known each other for less than a month. What the heck? Seriously, who gets engaged after that amount of time? And if you do, you really need to reconsider your relationship. What Caffrey would like you to know about him today. So we live on the fourth floor of an apartment complex. There are lots of dogs, lots of people, and Caffrey loves the elevator. Well, I should say he likes the fact that the doors slide open and he can jump out at people. Caffrey basically shoves his body through the opening as the door is sliding open and just jumps out at people. He really enjoys that about his life. I've had to learn that not all opportunities are my opportunity. They might seem like it at first with doors opening and just because an opportunity may be handed to you basically on a platter does not mean that you should take that opportunity. An opportunity has to align with your values, with where you want to be someday and it can't just be random because you don't want to just get completely sidetracked. All right, so as you know, I'm an attorney, and I had my first attorney job last year, and I started looking for a new job um, probably six months in, which is just sad, but there you go, attorney life. And I spoke with a mentor of mine who I had worked for during law school. They have a great firm, one I really respect and I like the people there. So we got to talking and I was given the opportunity to join their firm. And this was unusual because I had about six months of experience practicing and two years of experience working for a federal judge, which is really not the same as practicing law. So typically they hire associates who are bringing in a book of business so that they don't have to provide the work. Law firms are weird. It's just, the legal field is weird. Don't try to comprehend it. So I was in the position where I wouldn't be bringing anybody with me except, you know, a few pro bono clients, which means I was doing work for free. But I was presented with this opportunity because my mentor had a book of business And he's about five years from retiring, and the firm was looking to 
prepare for that retirement and do some succession planning as a lot of firms are doing now. And he wanted me to join the firm and slowly take over his book of business. Now, I don't know how much that book of business would be, but my guess is it's it was around a million dollars worth of revenue. And I was, I mean, I was really excited about this opportunity. Um, we had breakfast and on my way home, I called my parents and I just was like, I can't believe this. Like he's basically just giving me this and it's such a great opportunity and I'm so excited. Well, the more I thought about it and the less I talked to other people, I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. The type of law was very similar to what I do now, and um, it's very interesting, but I mean, we were talking long-term, as in five years I'd be taking over. Well, what if in one year I realized I didn't like it? Well, I suppose I could walk away. What if I realized that in year four? What do I do? And it just slowly became apparent to me that this amazing opportunity was not a good opportunity for me. And so I turned it down. I told somebody this recently and this person was, I don't know if he was shocked or appalled or what, but I don't believe in taking an opportunity just because it's a great opportunity by the world's standards. I believe in taking an opportunity because that's where you're being led and that's where you have gifts, and that will make you happy and be passionate. Obviously, work won't always be about happiness and passion, but when you're looking long-term and you're saying you're, you have these different opportunities, you should be taking the one that's most likely to lead you towards what you're passionate about. All right, so what if you're giving an, given an opportunity and you don't know if you want that opportunity. What if you're just at the beginning? Well, what I say is work towards that opportunity until it becomes apparent it's not for you. Let me give you an example. In my third year of law school, I started applying to federal clerkships. I really, I really was not sure that I wanted to do it. I'm not a fan of research and writing. Um, and that's a lot of what you do as a clerk, but it, it's a great opportunity and people generally say you sh that's what you should do when you are where I was at in my class. So I went ahead and I applied for the federal clerkship. The application process was pretty prolonged. Um, you had to type in all your grades because apparently the federal government is behind on the times. Shocker of all shocks. Um, you needed your resume, you needed references, you needed a writing sample. So let me tell you what I did. I did everything wrong. I typed in my grades and I misspelled multiple classes. Awesome. And I sent the wrong writing sample to every federal judge, which is great. You know, I had two that I could have chosen from. And I chose a third one, accidentally attaching it. It was my very first writing assignment from first year. Needless to say, that's not what they were looking for. So after all this, there was one federal judge that I had a connection with. One that he wasn't aware of. 
I had written part of my upper level paper on this particular federal judge. So when I put together my application that was clearly lacking, I decided to send down my paper on him. So I did everything wrong. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know what I was doing. But I got that interview with the judge that I had written about. And after the interview, I was made an offer. And I accepted it. Now, midway through that application process, I had literally called up my professor who was helping me with the process and said, I don't think I want to do this. It's not really me. I think I'm just not going to finish this process. And that professor <laughs> basically told me, no, you're not allowed to do that. Finish. All right. I finished. I went through two years of clerkship. That clerkship got me my job at one of the larger firms in Minneapolis. And it brought me to where I am today as a corporate attorney. I really didn't think that a federal clerkship was the way I was going to go. But I kept following through, just waiting for that, just waiting for that clue that I shouldn't. And every door just kept opening, and so I walked through it. What if you are presented with an opportunity and you're not sure if you should take it? It's not always so clear as it was with the federal clerkship that you should take an opportunity. So how can you figure it out? I mean, it's hard. It's hard to know which way to turn. And maybe you are interviewing for multiple companies, maybe recently graduated or making a job change, and you are being offered these opportunities. But hey, like, what if there's another company that you think, well, what if that would work out? Okay, well, here are some questions that you can ask yourself. The first question I think you should ask yourself when presented with an opportunity is, where do you want to be in five years? Why do you ask yourself that question? Well, you don't want to just wander through life taking everything that just is thrown in front of you because that's going to be a very disjointed life. But if you know where you want to be in five years, then you can look at each opportunity as how is this going to take me a step closer to where I want to be in five years? Well, I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's even hard to know where you want to be in five years. That five-year goal does not need to be crystal clear. Who cares? Give yourself some broad outlines. For example, what type of job do you want to be doing? Do you want a job where you're going into an office and working on the computer a lot? Do you want a job where you're driving around a lot or working with people or not working with people? These can be the broad strokes of where you want to be. It doesn't have to be specific. Give yourself time to define what it is, but know something of where you want to be in five years. Another way to do that is to define what your values are and whether this opportunity aligns. My personal values are my family and time with my family. My values include a job where I'm not asked to, asked to compromise my integrity. I value investing in other people. So when it's time for me to make a switch, 
I'm going to make sure the opportunity I take aligns with those things. I don't want to be canceling on my friends and family on a regular basis. I don't want to be put in a position where I'm constantly having to fight a battle for my integrity. And I don't want to be in a position where I feel like I'm constantly in competition with those around me versus being able to invest in them. Now, if we go back a little bit to, to question number one, if you're in the position where you're saying, I only have broad strokes of what my job looks like, throw your values on top of that. For example, I would say that in five years, I want to be in a position where I have the freedom to spend time with my friends and family. Is that a specific job? No, it's not. But I'll know that each step of the way, as I head towards the five, five years of working, I'll be considering each opportunity through that microscope. Okay, question number three. Do you want to take this opportunity or do other people want it for you? Don't do stuff just because other people tell you it's the way it's done. Okay, so I was working at a law firm where, let's just say it wasn't a very good fit. I was pretty miserable and I wasn't being treated very well. But I was told just to stick it out. Suck it up, just figure out another way to be happy, find fulfillment outside of work. Unfortunately, I'm not very good at that. When my job sucks, well, it affects more than just my job. It affects more than just my work life. So people were telling me, you just got to stick it out at least 18 months. People being people in my industry. But people who knew me, who knew me really well, were telling me, you need to get out. And after I accepted my new position, I literally had someone from my old job come into my office and say, you're taking a step down. This is a bad decision. And yet I went forward with it. I mean, granted, one, how was I going to back out of it at that point? But two, honestly, I wanted to just say, good thing it's not your life then, right? And this guy had come from my current law firm. And so if he was fitting in with my old law firm, but he didn't fit in with my new law firm, well, guess what? I didn't fit in with my old law firm, but I'm fitting in pretty well with my new law firm. So clearly we just have a different way of doing things. You need to ask yourself, are you excited about this new opportunity? Because if you're excited about it, that's a good indicator that it's something that you want to do and that you're not just doing to please other people. And another way is to consider, are you scared? Because being scared can be a good thing. I get scared when I'm pushed into new situations and I have to figure it out. But when I come out on the other side, it usually means I've grown. And you really should take jobs because they're a new opportunity for growth. It's not really a great idea to just stay at a position for 20 years because you're comfortable there. It kind of would get boring, and why would you want to stop growing as a person? So consider these as you're reflecting on whether to take advantage of an opportunity. I think that this is a good time to also consider the other side of opportunity, and that's failure. Okay, maybe not exactly the other side, but it's pretty close. Because sometimes... 
you have to meet failure to find out it's not your opportunity. I mean, some people might say, well, one door closes, another opens. What a dumb saying that is. But it's a saying. Trust me, I have had this experience a lot. For example, there's something in law school called OCI, on-campus interviews. That is when the biggest firms in the city, sometimes the nation, come to campus and interview law students. This gives law students an opportunity to work for the summer, sometimes the year, as a law clerk for these firms. These firms pay a crap ton of money. When I first saw how much they were offering, I quickly changed my mind as to what I wanted to do for the following summer and I applied. So I applied to 10 firms. I think there were 18 that came to campus. I got first interviews with all 10 firms. Wow, amazing. Then I had to go through those 10 interviews, by the way. And then the next step is called callbacks. This means that certain law students who are you know, being considered to take the next step in the interview process are called back to the firms and they go through a morning or an afternoon session where it's basically a half hour with different attorneys. I didn't get any callbacks. I had 10 interviews and no callbacks, 10 thank you notes sent and no callbacks. Let me just tell you, that is painful to be told no by 10 different firms all in the course of less than a month. It sucks. But that failure was good for me. I ended up doing other clerkships that worked out. And guess what? I think it's four or five years later now. God only knows how long it's been. And it doesn't bother me. It's fine. I learned a lot about interviewing during that time and being genuine to yourself and what you are really seeking in life. And now I'm actually working at a firm that does OCI. I don't think I applied to them during OCI, to be honest. So you really have to look at an opportunity and just say, I might fail, but who cares? I can keep going anyway. All right, if you think that I haven't failed enough, let me tell you one more story. In college, it was my sophomore year of college, and I decided I wanted to be an FBI agent. At that time, they weren't hiring. A year later, they weren't hiring, but I kept this in mind. And I went through law school, and in law school, I met an FBI agent for a class, and I thought, that is so cool what they do. I was convinced that I wanted to be a special agent, and I wanted to work in the white collar division. And then to add to that, I watched the show White Collar, fabulous show, loved it, about, you know, there's an FBI agent, a criminal, et cetera, et cetera. Go watch it. You'll know where I got my dog's name. So when the opportunity arose, I decided to apply to be a special agent. And I took the first test. I passed. I did the first initial physical test, and I passed. I then did the interview, and I passed. I did the written exam. And I passed. I took the official physical fitness test, which is crap ton hard. I passed that. So then, right before coming home for Christmas, I did the security interview. It was time to do the polygraph. 
Who's taken a polygraph? Raise your hand. Who's failed a polygraph? Raise your hand. FYI, my hand is raised. Yes, I failed the FBI polygraph. So I did everything I could. I was, I had the initial job offer contingent upon passing this polygraph that everyone told me I would pass just fine, and I failed epically. Of course, since then I've done a ton of research on the polygraph, and let's just say they maybe should consider not using it. But I was devastated, and that was a very, very difficult year from then on. I had worked so hard, and I had watched a dream just be crushed. And that was actually the first time I decided to go to therapy. And my therapist said to me that I had to mourn the loss of that opportunity, of that dream. So sometimes when you fail at an opportunity, it's devastating. You have to go into mourning. But now looking back, I am so grateful that I failed that polygraph because that was not a good fit for me at all. And I mean, that's a story for another day. But let's just say Nicole Swisher, FBI agent, eh, let's pass on that. What does it take to get over a failure? It takes time. But once that time has passed, it's a really good thing to look back and ask yourself, what did you learn and how can that be applied to the future? All right, today we have a listener question, and it's a career-related one that fits perfectly into what we're talking about. So this listener says, I've been applying for several jobs and have a few interviews lined up this week. But in my first interview of the week, I was offered the job on the spot. How can I ask for time to think about it? Do I mention that I'm still searching? How do I let them know I want to see if other companies are a good fit before committing to this one? Liz from St. Paul, Minnesota. That's a great question, Liz. Thank you for sending that in. All right. First of all, awesome for you for getting an offer on the spot. I don't know that that's ever happened to me, so that's really great. You're probably a great interviewer or interviewee, whatever that would be. So here's what I would do. Do not mention that you're searching. Do not mention that you want to see if other companies are a good fit or not. Because the interviewers slash that company, they want to think that they are your number one choice. And that all you can think about is working there. It's your dream job. Even if it's, you know, Target. So don't mention that you're searching or that you have other interviews. I mean, they're probably going to assume it. But there's a better way to go about this. It's possible that they're going to... Eh, maybe you want to rescind the offer. So here's a good way to do it. So blah, blah, blah says, oh, we'd love to offer you the job. What do you say? You say to them, thank you for this opportunity. I'm really excited to work with your company. May I have until Wednesday to consider this offer or whatever day? All right, once you've set that deadline, you really do need to stick to the deadline. However, during this time, it's also okay to negotiate, and I really, really encourage you to do so. Um, negotiation, did you know that most men negotiate and most women don't negotiate? You need to put on your negotiating pants, and you need to go negotiate. 
the worst that they can say is no. And if they seem upset or that they don't like you negotiating, then they're probably not a company that you want to work for. Granted, let's go back to Target, Starbucks, Caribou. You're not going to get negotiated. I'm talking more about your first salary job. What if you've been offered a job as an administrative assistant for $30,000 and you were hoping for $35,000? Well, why don't you come back with $38,000? And if they say no, they say no, but perhaps you can meet in the middle closer to your thirty-five. So why do I bring up the negotiating now? Well, that's another way to kind of stall. Um, If you don't want to ask for time to consider the offer, you can say instead, you know, I am really excited about this opportunity and it would be really great to see your offer in writing. Do you think you can send that over? Now, once you've got it in writing, you can look over it and you can come back with your own, you can come back with a counteroffer. And that's going to buy you at least two or three days. And in that two or three days, you can go and do your other interviews. Negotiating doesn't mean you're accepting a job. Now, for all this, if you want this job, take the job. You don't have to interview with those other places. But if you're not sure, definitely ask for time. Definitely negotiate. All right, so today's quote of the day is by Ralph Waldo, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Finish each day and be done with it. You've done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities, absurdities no doubt crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. You shall begin it serenely and with too high a spirit to be encumbered with your old nonsense. That's one of my favorite quotes. This week, your action item is go over the opportunities you've had where a door has closed and reflect on what you've learned from the experiences and how you can apply apply that in the future. Thanks for listening, you guys. This has been Wildly Elegant with your host, Nicole, and my doggy wag producer, Kefri. Thank you. 